Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Yep. You know how for years we've been saying, you know, this <laughs> crisis at the border, I don't understand why they're not doing A, B, and C. And then you would come to the conclusion every time it's because that's what they want to happen. Of Talking course. about the Biden administration, the left, everyone's in concert together on this. They, they want to ignore it. They actually want people to come in. And I don't know how else to say it other than this is further proof. The feds are about to start releasing a ton of migrants from custody. Yeah, Bill Malugin uh, reported per multiple CPB, uh, CBP sources last night, leadership made decisions to authorize all Border Patrol sectors to begin street releases of migrants to communities across the border if non-governmental organization shelters and facilities do not have the capacity to hold them. So in other words, if you're, hey, you're out of room, all right, we're going to have to have the quote-unquote safe release of people. And in, the, in practical terms, what that means is you're about to see a whole hell of a lot more video of people uh, being seen milling around at bus, day, uh, bus stops, gas stations, supermarkets, etc., in communities across the border as illegal crossings continue to surge to record highs ahead of the Title 42 drop in a couple days. Yeah. It's so frustrating. I read a piece today that was talking about all of a sudden the rest of America is waking up to this issue because they're being dumped on their doorstep. Yeah. Where all of a sudden they're like, what was the problem before has become our problem, and now it's a problem. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's really remarkable. But before it was like, ah, it's, you know, some town in Texas, whatever, blah, blah. Yeah, who cares? We love immigrants, you know, yeah. That was the thing about DeSantis sending the migrants to Martha's Vineyard. That started the whole thing, yeah. Well, and it was into D.C., yeah. and then it's New York, and then it's Chicago, and it's well, Colorado, and everybody's like, well, we love uh, the, hang on. the poor and the migrants, but we can't have them here. we got a real problem at the border. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just homer here. What started it was Greg Abbott sending no, buses yes. no, no, you're right. up to you're New right. York and all that. And then the, the Martha's Vineyard was a really funny stunt, but... I think the the interesting thing, and I, I'll freely admit that I underestimated the plan that Greg Abbott put into place and former governor of Arizona, Doug Ducey, put into, in, into motion. I thought, okay, this is kind of a funny stunt. Uh, maybe it'll, they'll, they'll make a point here, get some news coverage about it. And then I never expected how quickly these woke mayors in places like Philadelphia, New York, D.C., Chicago would fold. I didn't realize how quickly they would they would turn around and say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! This is a crisis. This is costing us millions of dollars." You know why? Because all the people that voted for them actually got to see the real problem and experience it, and were beating down their doors saying, "What? What can we do about this? We're tapped. We don't have any money." We don't have any place to put these people. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, those you know long speeches about bring me the unwashed masses all of a sudden stopped. Mm -hmm. right. Because, yeah, it's a real problem. 
And then you're talking about, well, we got to find out the root causes, blah, blah, blah. It, it's right. all been a load of BS the entire time because they've wanted all these people to come here illegally. That's what they've wanted. And the American people, if you look at the polling, are not for it. So we'll see what happens. Well, even the ones who were initially this. for it are starting to turn now. Yes. Yeah, because, again, it's happening to us. Again, and listen, man, it may not be the answer for everything, but I'm always curious, these people that feel so strongly about how our government should act right. as far as these just poor people wanting a better life. Do you do anything for these people currently in Guatemala? In any of these countries that are coming here? Have you done anything for people in Mexico? Have you done anything for anybody anywhere at any time given to a charity that are serving these people around the world? The answer is usually no, they don't. They just want to feel good about it that their government's doing on someone else's dime. Or if they do, it's a gala event. It's a black tie event to raise money for poor people. Yes. And then they feel like, see, we're partying tonight for a good cause. Yes. (laughs) Sickening. Okay, you got a clip of Kareem Jean-Pierre. Yeah, the White House has a funny take on this whole debt limit showdown where Republicans are trying to rein in spending before agreeing to any deal to up our credit limit as a nation. Mm-hmm. Saying like, look, I know that we've got to do something to meet our current obligations, but moving forward, let's drop down what our future obligations will be. Your spending's been out of control. Yes. Green We've John talked Pierre. about your spending. Uh, imagine if that's your kid. Right. Well, no, you, I've got bills now that you got to help me pay. <laughs> no, I told you to stop spending the freaking money. <laughs> but you don't do it. Nope. And then you want bailed out. All right. Box checker, let's hear it. If you buy a car, you are expected to pay the monthly payments. Mm-hmm. If you buy a home, you are expected to pay the mortgage every month. Yep. That is the expectation. That is the spending that you put forth or spending that you may have done before, and now you're paying it every month. If you do not pay your car payment, if you do not pay your mortgage payment, then your credit is going to be bad. That's correct. It's going to hurt your credit. Mm -hmm. So let's look at Congress for a second. This is spending that they've already done. They've already spent. Let's not forget the $2 trillion Trump tax cuts that they were willing and happy to vote for. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're telling them or saying to them, do your job. Pay for something that you've already spent on. No, no, no. You are saying, no, we want unlimited credit for the future, even though we're up to our eyeballs in debt. Yeah. And someone's saying, no, it needs to stop. But in the back, I'm going, <coughs> student loan forgiveness. Huh? Well, I mean, yeah, this is <laughs> the same administration that not only wants to forgive student loan debt, but also to punish good credit home buyers to help bad credit home buyers. We call it equity. Yeah. So about this yeah, whole thing it. about living within your means and paying your debts. Huh. Interesting. When you're paying on a car, you know how much the car is when you buy it. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have any idea what this is about. Oh, in the future? Yeah. Oh, we have a decent idea. It's insanity. Just crazy. Yes, absolutely. Uh. It's And it's one of the reasons we're in the problem that we're facing right now economically is because you spent a ton of money that we did not need to spend. Donald Trump tax cuts, that's what did it. Of course. And then you have the legacy media apparatus that will support those arguments, even though they make no sense. It's just where we are.
just interesting to hear someone on the left talking about how you need to pay your bills. Right. That, that's a new one. Okay, you got a clip of Joe Biden. What's this, David? Uh, Joe Biden spoke at an event to celebrate Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month or whatever. AAPI. By the way, I heard this for the first time the other day. I I had not heard it before this year. I might be the only one. The heritage. Did you know it was a thing? I remembered it uh, maybe last year or the year before. Cause, no, it was last year, I guess, because they were talking about a rise in anti-Asian hate crimes. And I was like, well... You're not really talking about who a lot of the perpetrators are, huh? You're you're sort of no, leading people to believe that it's like angry white MAGA bros doing this, and it's not. No, oftentimes it's black males, but it those those black males could be like the Hispanic guy that's also a white supremacist down in Texas, right? Right. Exactly. Because we learned yeah. from the View yesterday, uh, you can be a person of color and still be a white, be a white supremacist. supremacist yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. What seemed impossible isn't. So correct. Joe Biden at this uh, Heritage Month event made a reference to Asian American producer Joan Shikikawa. Joan okay. Shikikawa. And Uh-oh. you can guess how this went. Oh, buddy. <sighs> you ready? No, but go ahead. Joan Shingang. I'm going to pass away. Oh, stop it right there. <laughs> Did you say I'm going to pass away? Hafsha. <laughs> <laughs> What was it? Hold on. Joan, Shingang, What? Okay, this is a 12-second clip. I can't get past the first three seconds. I apologize. But this, this is something, man. Joan, Shingang, Shanga, Koawa. I think I pronounced it correctly. No, you didn't. She can call me Joe Bitten. Oh, you can go. See. <laughs> Joe Biden, Shikigawa, it's a Japanese name. I, I understand that yeah. roll off the tongue for a lot of American English speakers, of course. And he's reading it though. He's reading it, and, and they spell it out for phonetically. Him. I would think. And the yes. amazing thing is, this is actually the second time within two months that he's butchered her name, and made the same joke. She can call me Bidden. This is from okay. a White House event in March. He made the same joke at the end of butchering her name. Roll it. The contribution of Joan, she, Joan, she, 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 thank you. I have trouble pronouncing it. You can call me Bidden. He's the same, same joke even. Oh my goodness. Except in this time it was Joan Shishki Wawa. I think I got that right. What is he saying here? I was going to pronounce it. It's like a slur fest. Like, I didn't pronounce it. What? It was, excuse me. I want to pronounce it right. That that was? Yes, that was. I didn't hear excuse me anywhere in there. I think he felt like he was actually dying. I think he said, passed excuse away. me, I'm going to pass away. <laughs> I think that's what he said. I, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, I think that's closer to pronounce it right. <laughs> He's literally dying trying to pronounce it. It's going to pass away. I won't close my eyes the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one last time, sorry. Joan, yeah, I'm going to pass away. Yeah. If you keep having me read these names, I'm going to lose it. I won't be able to breathe. Then he calls her Wawa at the end of it. Kawawa. 
Kawawa. I think I pronounced it correctly. And then I think I pronounced it right. <laughs> Nailed it. Kawawa. Yep. That's your name. <laughs> Scoreboard, my peeps. <laughs> I'd like hear him do PA at a Major League Baseball game. Oh, Wouldn't man. Fun? All right. Uh, much to get to, including what the lockdowns have done to us, even years later now. Straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Happy to see this piece. Yeah, this was Wall Street Journal. Lockdowns are over, but the damage goes on. I'm like, okay, yeah. I think we still hear a lot about that. It talks a little bit about Fauci. But then the part I wanted to bring up was the CDC. Well, I reported the other day that deaths from unintentional injuries, largely drug overdoses, last year exceeded those from COVID. Yeah, we knew that with young people for quite a while. Yes. Um, politicians blame fentanyl pouring over the border, which has contributed. But notably, drug deaths were flat in the two years preceding the pandemic. They spiked only as government lockdowns took hold, plateauing early last year as mm. life finally returned to normal. How many times were you know we called grandma killers or science oh, deniers geez. by bringing up the idea that especially for somebody relatively new in recovery, you cut out the support systems, including yeah. NA and AA meetings for people. Yep. And then you isolate them. Guess right. what happens? And you take away their job. Yeah. Yeah. This was all depression. Predicted. Yes. So he said, yeah, there was fentanyl, but there was also meth. Those deaths more than doubled. Cocaine deaths rose 54%. Wow, man. Um, and that doesn't uh, account for the increase in drug-related deaths that aren't a result of overdoses. They also mentioned this piece. Uh, politicians treat weed as harmless, but it's been linked to a significantly higher risk of stroke and heart attacks. I hadn't heard much about that. Well, doesn't that make sense it. if you're smoking it? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I just hadn't heard that. It does make sense. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, of course, we've talked about this before. So has abusive prescription stimulants like Adderall, mm -hmm. to which young people increasingly turned to during the pandemic. Analysis of insurance claims found Adderall prescriptions, check it, increased 58% Dang. between 2018 and 2022 among adults 22 to 44. Now there's a shortage of the drug for, you know, talk show hosts in their 50s because manufacturers <laughs> haven't been able to keep up with the demand. And for those who have to work with him, yeah, right. <laughs> the constant on hold music at the pharmacy while waiting to talk to somebody. <laughs> but actually, you just find other, you have to change scripts and then it, you you are like, well, I can't do extended release. They don't have it anymore. So you got it's It's been crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, like to get off of it anyway. But that's a story for another time. So as the story wraps up, it says, well, premature deaths and drug use, no doubt, are among the reasons for the persistent worker shortage. Because there is a worker shortage. And then it says, well, a lot of people are working now. The number of native-born Americans in the workforce has risen 2.8% since January 2021. So when the White House is talking about well, labor force participation among 25 to 54-year-olds has finally returned to the pre-pandemic levels. You're right. Okay. Native-born Americans, that's 
versus 12.2% for people here often illegally. Ah, I see. Employers are no doubt happy that the immigration crush is making it easier to hire. But what will happen to all the young Americans who drop out of life is the question. So yeah, this, I mean, you're not even getting into the loss of learning with kids and depression, anxiety that has gone through the roof for these kids all across America because of the lockdowns. Which, by the way, those switching gears here, it is Teacher Appreciation Week. Really? I hadn't heard it is. It's nowhere. <laughs> you're saying you're seeing it all over the place? Every time Dad? I turn on the TV, yeah. There's some Jerry Lewis check going to some school in the local news every night. Uh, so they did a survey. More than 1,000 teachers, 75% say they'd love to have any appreciation shown through gift cards or items purchased off their Amazon wish list. Oh. Uh, they say, well, a lot of times that's filled with classroom supplies, things like that. I mean, sometimes it might be something else. And I know you sound like the old crotchety person saying, back in my day. <laughs> well, what? Teacher appreciation and gifts and gift cards for the teachers. It's not. There are a lot of teachers that I think are really good at their job. And if you want to say, hey, man, it's really good. Or, you know, missed out. you did a great job. That's cool. But to feel like the pressure to do it. Yeah. Where did that come from? I don't know. But oh. People just start a trend, and then it just well, snowballs. You used to bring the it's teacher like, an apple or something. Yeah. You know. Okay. I just hate feeling out of obligation. It's like, well, do you want a tip? Well, Hallmark <laughs> creates a lot of holidays, too. Well, that, I understand. But also, crap load of cards. teachers yeah. unions and whatnot have done a very good job in making it seem like teaching is the hardest profession in the, on the face of the planet. And but teachers aren't are appreciated enough. And it's like, I'm sorry, but if the average salary is $56,000 a year and you get guaranteed holidays, health care benefits, summers off, things like that, you're doing pretty well, actually. Oh, yeah. Not a lot of other jobs that offer that kind of package. No. I'm not yeah. saying it's an easy gig. I had great teachers. But I had a couple of really great teachers, yeah. I understand. But, I mean, people think of teachers now, like, what do you teach my kid in class? You know, you're not quite sure. All right, David's got a humdinger of a story you don't want to miss. Straight ahead. Yeah. The Mark Van Camp and Robin Show. As always, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. I'm Jamie Markley. I'm the Gen Xer. The Millennial, that's David Van Camp. And then the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Joan, Shanghai, Shanghai, Keep trying. Kawawa. Kawawa. I think I pronounced it correctly. No, you didn't. Not even close. That was embarrassing. Um, Joe Biden's son, uh, Hunter, may be indicted. That's the word. This week. Could be tomorrow. We'll wait and see. I did see this story. The New York Post was reportedly denied press credentials for a White House event that took place yesterday. You're not allowed. Mm -hmm. Now, if Trump did that, I think we would hear... End of democracy. Oh, yeah. I remember when he kicked it. Was it a Univision or, or Telemundo reporter uh, out? And this was just an assault on democracy in the First yeah. Amendment itself. Trump is a dictator. Ah. <laughs> the, the way you do that, David. Pop. <laughs> it just kills me. That's the sound of liberals crying. According to the New York Post report, of some 50 seats that have been reserved for reporters, 20 remained empty 
throughout the president's remarks. But no room for you, New York Post. Yeah, no. Not welcome. Mm-hmm. Because that Miranda Devine over there, she's the one that reported on this Hunter laptop back in 2020. Even though we got, and I'm, you know, we know this to be true, the White House was able to silence big tech and media from covering that. Oh, yeah. And then you had the intel agencies. Oh, this is all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. That laptop is real. And we can get into this a little bit later. What will happen if Hunter does get indicted? And Miranda Devine from the New York Post, she doesn't know, but she's wondering, thinking, is Joe setting the stage to pardon Hunter Biden? Because if so, oh boy, it's over. Dude. As far as the presidency. Who, I, I hadn't even thought about that as a possibility. Well, Holy it, this, smoke, is, you this know. is all speculation by what he said the other day. My son has done nothing wrong. I trust him. I have faith in him. And it impacts my presidency by making me feel proud of him, which I still don't quite understand that statement. But, yeah, we'll wait and see what happens there. I wonder, to me personally, if, you know, because, you know, let's start with the premise that a lot of people in the Biden family are not very good people, uh, very vindictive uh, mm-hmm. individuals who have, you know, a checkered relationship with uh, basic dignity and humanity and truth. Yeah. And truth. And so if it, I'm just gaming this out for a second, let's say for the sake of argument, Hunter Biden gets indicted for some tax fraud thing or, or not reporting taxes accurately. And he decides he's going to cut a deal with the Justice Department. Mm-hmm. And part of that deal what if that involves, or hell, man, maybe even cuts a deal with congressional Republicans to go testify? And what if Daddy Joe is involved in this? And I'm just thinking out loud here mm-hmm. in, in some of what Hunter Biden has to say. The political fallout for any of that would be infinitely worse than if Joe Biden pardoned his own son. So I think while it's a terrible look... Yeah, I I think if you're if I'm gaming it out and if I think that's even a possibility, if Hunter says, Daddy, dearest, I'm going to roll on you if you don't give me a pardon, I might I'd probably just take the kick with the pardon. Interesting. You know, part of this, too, is the U.S. attorney, David Weiss. What charges are we talking about? Mm -hmm. Is this about uh, the gun charge? Yeah. You know, some sort of taxes. Are we going into the the Biden family business? Because that's the big one. And I think that's the one that what most people in America are most interested in. Like, okay, was Joe the big guy that got 10% of these deals, you know, with China, Ukraine, Russia? I mean, that's the big deal. Are those charges going to come? And then what is Merrick Garland going to do with them? Well, he's... (laughs) I mean... He's got he's got to follow through on all of this, doesn't he? Well, no, not really. Well, oh, you would think on, you would think yes. Yeah, you would think he almost have to. But we've seen things in the last few years that we never thought we would see before. Well, so, someone should just let Merrick Garland know that the Bidens are devout Catholics, and he'll just he'll be on the warpath. <laughs> Merrick Garland's <laughs> Justice Department hates Catholics, like any religion, but no, that one in particular. Yes. So we'll wait and see how that shakes up. Shaky Shakerson.
yeah. when he gets this one handed to him. And more on that a little bit later in the show. But it's that time of the show where we go around the table, and it may not be the biggest story of the day, but it caught your attention. Today, we start with David. What's your story? This is another controversy that I don't think is much of a controversy, but it, it's reminiscent to me of the whole horse whipping at the border non-scandal. Okay. But a TSA worker apparently was caught on video, and I saw the video expecting something worse than it was, um, training a dog on the leash. And uh, it was going to be a service animal, apparently. And as you see, uh, the the worker is leading the dog on the leash back and forth through mm -hmm. uh, a major walkway area and somewhat violently turning suddenly and pulling the dog. And a couple of times the dog slides on the floor around. A couple of times the dog kind of jumps and go gets a little bit airborne mm -hmm. and all of that. And I've seen a lot of commentators on the left and the right saying like, oh, this TSA worker should be nowhere near animals or anything. And the TSA has actually taken this guy off of animal handling duties. So I saw the story and I thought, oh, man, this must be really egregious. And I watched it. And I'm sorry, but anybody who's been around dog training can tell you now there may be different theories about whether or not it's effective. It's a totally normal part of leash training that this guy is doing it's called it's the corrective u-turn is what some people call it where you are teaching the dog to stay at a at a particular location heel you know uh mm -hmm. when it's walking on the leash and part of the way you get it to focus on where it's supposed to be is you make a very sudden u-turn and you pull the dog it's it's a completely normal thing i saw the video and i thought this guy really this guy got pulled off of his duties for this the dogs... Tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, you, we're not just talking about that kind of dog, but a regular dog. Yeah. And you're going to a dog training class, especially if it's a bigger dog. Yes, to get the dog to heal. I mean, it's a jerk. It's yes. Like, you got to let them know you're on there. Boom. Yeah, it's a, it sort of it serves two folds. It's one, it establishes dominance, and then the other thing is it gets the dog out of their own headspace, whatever they're looking at. You know, or thinking about going and doing, hey, I want to go sniff that. I want to do this. No, it right. snaps them out of it, and it gets them to focus on you again. Because that's the, that's the job of the dog is to focus on what you're doing. And I'm looking at this dog. Dog's in a harness. Not even a martingale collar or a choke collar or anything like that. A harness, actually. I can't imagine the dog got hurt. But the well, TSA the puts, puts out a statement saying, this is unacceptable. I've, oh, my I've goodness. said this many, many times. You can do some of the most heinous, awful things on the planet to human beings. And while people may be disgusted by it, do it to a dog, do it to an animal, they'll lose their freaking minds. It happens all the time. I understand. There's more value put on the life of the animal than there are people. Yes. And sometimes I think that's the right way to go. But sometimes you are a bit of an animal nut, to be honest. I am. I, I admit that. Yeah. So you don't like the little no, 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 no. jerk on the I, No, I got chain. no problem with that because the dog is, yeah, the dog has a job. What if the dog didn't have a job and you're just training the dog? Well, if, I don't know what I'm doing training a dog. Well, so. you were told that you really got to give it a good solid jerk. You wouldn't do it. I probably wouldn't. Mm. And that's just it. I'd have some an untrained dog discipline. and you would come over and then you would complain <laughs> about my dog being untrained. But, you know, especially, you know, if you're talking a 40, 50-pound dog or even bigger, yeah. you have to be pretty rough. Not abusive. I mean, don't go Michael Vick on the dog. But, 
you know, you've got it. <laughs> but, you know, but you do actually have to pull harder than you think yes. is necessary. Right. Because you might think, like, the first time you go through any sort of training class, you're like, oh, geez, am I going to hurt the dog? And any trainer will tell you, you're not going to hurt that dog. Promise Right. Me. But, yeah, I well, to be fair, we're talking about your cats, Scott, and I really don't know much about training cats at all because I don't have any cats. Okay. David is known as the cat whisperer and has been since I've known him. And he told you a while back, no, man, you you can train those cats. Mm. And then there was someone that was coming into your place that was saying your cats are out of control and started you know, a little spray bottle at their face. Yeah. And, th- and you felt bad for them. Uh, for a minute. Now, I, I'm used to, <laughs> now I'm doing it, too. She taught me how to do it, too. So, like, my one cat likes to run out the door. Does she know when I came to your place last week, you let that cat up on the freaking counter where he's not supposed to be? Yeah. She doesn't know that. No, but she does now. Thank you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jackass. It's accountability, Scott. I know. It's got to be consistency. That's what David told you. I'm here to help, not to hurt. You know that. I got no problem with the uh, dog on the leash, though. I got no problem with that. So, there. Let All it go. Right. Leave my cats alone. <laughs> Let them have free reign. Okay, what's your story, Scott? Uh, in North Dakota, this is a teacher story, too. North Dakota's Republican governor there, Doug Burgum, has signed a bill into law that will allow public school teachers and state government employees to ignore the pronouns their transgender students and colleagues use. The new law also requires teachers to tell a parent or legal guardian if the student identifies as transgender. It also prohibits transgender students from using the bathroom of their choice without prior approval from a parent or guardian. It goes into effect now. Okay. That see why is that controversial? Why why is this even a news story? I just I can't I don't understand why if you're a teacher you would allow this just to happen in your classroom without parental notification at all. Well, some are very protective of that because they want to indoctrinate your kids. Boggles my mind. I know that you have to have a law and it's news. Yes. Hey, you can't. Hey, by, by the way, uh, boy, you can't go in the girls' restroom. Newsflash! Oh my gosh. Hey, David. Yeah. For my story, should I turn the heat up on Scott or should I just oh, back off turn, and light it? Turn it up, man. Okay. Uh, for my story today, um, the great Sonny Hostin from The View no, spoke yesterday huge about racist, the huge racist. Texas shooter. Yes. Okay. Um, so I thought we could gather around, maybe, you know, go in with an open mind and maybe try to learn something. From Sonny. No. Okay. Go ahead, though. Uh, are you sure? Yeah. I'm okay. Sure. Well, I'm glad you brought up the race piece because, and we won't, we're not going to mention what what the name of the group that belonged to yeah. was, but this shooter, who happened to be Hispanic and Latino, which is very bizarre to me, had a white supremacy moniker on him uh-huh. and so you know christopher ray these are not my words so people don't start with the i'm a race baiter crap. you are though christopher ray see the fbi said it so it must be true <laughs> well christopher ray said it uh, let me guess it's that the number one domestic terror threat is white supremacy or whatever yes. which he actually came back and clarified what he meant by that afterward but liberals seem to have amnesia about that yes she goes, 
Christopher Wray said that the biggest threat to our democracy is mm. white supremacy and domestic terrorism. He testified before Congress. Mm -hmm. And even with that testimony, you mm. have someone named Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, where there have been so many shootings saying mental health and there's, there's nothing else that we can do, but we can do this piece. Republicans should be ashamed of themselves. They have the power to make the change. Get rid of the AR-15. I you think all of a sudden that you're just going to magically make it stop? How many guns are in America? It's like, is it over 400 million? I don't know. I think it's over 400, between mm. 400, 450. Okay. And most are semi-automatic handguns. That's what kills the most people. You think that you're just going to wipe those away? Yeah, what, are you, what, what are you even talking about? As David said yesterday, something has changed over the last 30 years. Yeah. I mean, when you oh, look sure. at we are in not the most restrictive, but one of the most restrictive uh, environments for gun ownership and purchasing in the United States of America's history. And yet we see this more and more and more. Things like the tragedy in Allen. Etc. And it, it, it is. There's been a cultural change that is beyond just gun ownership, which, again, gun ownership rates have been pretty consistent for the last 60 years. The other thing they will not talk about are soft targets. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they will not talk about them. That's something that could be done that could help stop it, but they won't even talk about it. Okay, you won't believe the story David has about pride organizers. That is next. You don't want to miss it. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. This, go ahead, David. This story's nuts, man. Uh, yeah, it, it is. So pride organizers uh, around the country, according to NBC News. Actually, uh, let me correct that. I believe it was NBC News publishing an Associated Press report. Okay. But apparently they're very, very worried about states cracking down on drag shows for children. And they're wondering, uh, they're scrambling now to figure out how the show will go on. How do you have a drag show at the Pride Rally? And, and in fact, how do you have a Pride Rally without a drag show where children can stuff dollar bills into a man's G-string? That's well. You learn the value of work and money. They don't now. They don't. They don't frame it that way. They just say that these are anti-LGBTQ states like Tennessee and Texas and Florida, where pride organizers are wondering how to get around these things. And and one of them, one in one instance in Florida, they just moved the drag show to a twenty-one and up venue, which is like that's literally all we wanted. Yeah. Just, What's the problem? Just don't have dudes in G-strings asking for tips from toddlers. While gyrating. It's, it's not that hard. No, it's not. Can you imagine if it was like a parade around the country and it's just a bunch of strippers? They want to bring <laughs> out the young males out there to see them gyrate and tuck dollar <laughs> right. bills. People be freaking out. And rightfully so. Just stay the but hell away from the kids. That's, That's all you got to do. And the left, they... Man, oh, man. So let all of us, 100 people, not walk, but sashay down there. No, no, no. 
<laughs> Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, man. There's a whole lot to get to. Um... I have some audio of Trump. You may have heard this before. It was when he was being deposed. Mm. It's wild, man. And some people be like, that is one of the most hilarious things I've ever heard. I and other heard people this. will say, I, that's certainly not going to help his case. When did this happen? He was deposed a while ago. Well, the jury has started deliberations in the E. Jean Carroll rape oh, and defamation okay. civil suit against him. So we'll get to that in just a few. But before we get there... A Texas Democrat, David, has compared gun rights to lawn darts? Yeah. A uh, Texas Democrat, Matthew Dowd, who ran for lieutenant governor as, in his words, a gift to black people. Remember that? I, I'm running so that I can give black people a chance. He's this old white guy. Uh, used to be a Republican and then oh, is now goodness. a Democrat because he, like so many others, uh, lost his mind when Trump became president. Uh, and he says it's the governor's fault that a lunatic murdered eight people at the outlet mall in Allen over the weekend. Uh, because apparently it's because Governor Abbott will not ban guns. And he used this comparison on MSNBC. Okay. In 1988, I don't know if anybody, probably some people on this panel remember, there was a thing called lawn darts. And lawn darts was a game where it had a metal spike on it, you threw it up in the air, but it's an insane game. We had it growing up, and you throw it and it drops in a circle. Three children died from lawn darts. They banned lawn darts after three children died from lawn darts. Texans will record 4,000 gun deaths or more this year as we move forward in this. Well, okay. Well, one, you don't have a constitutional right to keep and bear lawn darts. The other thing is, if you're saying we should make it illegal to have kids play with guns, I, I have good news for you. That is also not lawful. So problem solved. It's a terrible comparison here. For so many different reasons. I mean, honestly, I'm thinking about going with a line of lawn dart t-shirts right now. <laughs> Just as go. I think people would buy it, actually. Come and take it. Absolutely. You try to stop me from playing lawn darts with my kids. Double dog dare you. Take it from my yeah. cold dead end. Biggest problem with that game is it's boring. Lawn darts? Oh, yeah. Didn't you play lawn darts as well, a kid? sure, everybody did. Okay. Everybody threw them at each other, too. Well, that could happen. Yes, it always broke out that way. Well, yes. And to be fair, I mean, if you did have a BB gun. Yeah. And you, you were given the talk about safety and everything sure. else. Yeah. Yes. Did that stop you from playing games trying to shoot your brother? No. I didn't have a brother, but... Eh, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I shot at other people's brothers. <laughs> but to compare yeah. the Second Amendment then to lawn darts... Yeah. Please. It's just stupid. I mean, this whole argument with Democrats and the guns... They, and again, they will refuse to talk about things that you could do right now. Yeah. When you're talking about kids, like fortifying schools, it, it, people don't want to have the conversation. The no. guns are not going to go anywhere. Where are they going to go? 
yeah, they're already in existence. They're already in circulation. And, and yeah, I, I, I just still want to know, and we're supposed to have an update sometime today about this, but I, what I'd really like to know is how this particular guy was able to not just buy a weapon, but also to uh, get his, what, level two and three certification for a security guard, which yeah. does require background checks at multiple points. And I, if he, he he got bounced out of the army for mental health problems, is that not a, a red flag? Is this a situation where the reporting just didn't happen? Or I, you know, that's I, the thing that honestly I don't know. And was asking yesterday because that was two thousand eight. Yeah. Okay. There are times people go through a mental crisis in their life, and you could say five years later, you know, they're fine. So does that change then? And then you would be allowed. I don't know the answer to the question, to be honest. I don't either. But obviously that seems to have been in play. Yeah. But, I mean, if you read anything of what this guy wrote, no, he was not of right mind, but he did not want help either. No. I, and that is the heck of a problem that families have with people that really don't want help. Mm -hmm. They go off on their own. Yes. All right, more on that a little bit later. As far as Texas goes... This is so frustrating because this could have been avoided, this entire, well, invasion at the border, yeah. basically. Yeah. And the, the Biden administration is now giving a heads up to illegals. Yeah. Uh, Border Patrol, to set the stage here, is reporting that there were more than 18,000 known gotaways at the border last week. And as they and so that's uh, Bill Malugin gave this comparison. He showed a picture of a packed arena where the san antonio spurs play yes and he said that's that's that coming into the country illegally that we know of right that did not have any interaction with law enforcement in a week and the numbers are probably much higher than eighteen thousand. well the biden administration put out a press release explaining that they're beginning an operation to track down some of those people and as fox news bill malusion reports from a strategic standpoint, it is puzzling that DHS would announce this publicly via a press release, which essentially gives these evaders and gotaways a heads up that they're coming. Already hearing from frustrated Border Patrol agents saying the operation will now be worthless. Because usually you launch this operation and then you put out a press release talking about the results. You don't say, hey, we're coming for you. Yeah. They want people here illegally. I mean, there's no other explanation. And when you look at it, even though it doesn't make sense to a lot of us, like why would they do A, B, and C? If you, to me, all right, tell me if I'm nuts here. All right, and it's the tinfoil hat. Call me out. It's that's exactly what this administration and the left wants, especially the ruling class elite, because this benefits them in the end. It may not benefit you know, just law-abiding, working-hard American citizens. But the ruling elite, this benefits in the end. And so that's why it's happening, because they really run everything. And there are plenty of Republicans that are in Congress are getting money and getting independently rich that are not fighting for the people that they represent. All right, call me a kook. Go ahead. Well, no, no. I, well, no that, it's a, it makes, that makes more sense than anything else I've heard. It's a long-standing... Uh, issue here that especially corporate America, which really doesn't care who's in power, 
I think yep. a lot of them tend to like Republicans more because of tax, uh, tax cuts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they love this because they can hire people for pennies on the dollar and they don't have yep. to worry about it. I mean, how many, but we, we've already had the stories come out about, you know, 14 year old, 13 year old working in a slaughterhouse and whatnot all over the country because they had a so called sponsor who was really just pimping them out to whoever was willing to take them on to, you know, pluck chickens or whatever. Yes. Not to mention how much money the cartels are making. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, all right, we got to move over to Trump. Before we get to my clips, He's got the CNN town hall coming up. Yeah, and he put out a post uh, on Truth Social advertising it, saying, I'll be doing CNN tomorrow night live from the great state of New Hampshire because they are rightfully desperate to get those fantastic Trump ratings once again. They made me a deal I couldn't refuse. Could be the beginning of a new and vibrant CNN with no more fake news. Or it could turn into a disaster for all, including me. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Wednesday night at 8. The man is nothing if not a great promoter, okay? He really, that's a promo, man. No doubt. Okay, have you followed this at all? I've heard the you know rips and drabs of the E. Jean Carroll rape and defamation lawsuit against Trump. Yeah. Because in the end, like, would you hear her testimony? It, it's very thin. <laughs> there's not a lot there yeah okay especially because she can't remember exactly when it was there's a number of different things of what she alleges okay the reason i bring it up is because i had not heard this until yesterday and i think megan kelly had it on her podcast um talking about how the court allowed trump's deposition to be presented to the jury and if you are a legal expert and your take is well what he said may have been entertaining for some i don't know that it helped him i think that's probably accurate yeah but it's so trump the way he answered some of the questions so you have the lawyer asking the questions and they bring up what he said you know years ago on nbc the whole grab him by the yeah meow. remember that okay uh because what Eugene Carroll was alleging was that he was shopping for lingerie for his then wife, Marla Maples, and he runs into her at this lingerie store and, hey, do you want to help me shop? And I'm paraphrasing, but then they go into this dressing room and she didn't want to try it on, but then that's when the assault happened. Right. Okay. So to sort of, I don't know, prove that point, the lawyer's asking, okay, when you said that, sort of what did you mean and she quotes him again i just start kissing them it's like a magnet just kiss i don't even wait and when you're a star they let you do it you can do anything grab them by the pussy you could do anything that's what you said correct well historically that's true with stars it's true with stars that, that they can grab women by the pussy. well that's what that's if you look over the last million years i guess that's been largely true not always but largely true Unfortunately or fortunately. Okay, stop there. Look, David, you, you're covering your face. Okay. Yeah, I, I heard that earlier. Um, oh, boy. He's not wrong. <laughs> that, it, I mean, well, where, where I think he really shot himself in the foot was saying fortunately or unfortunately. Like that, well, 
I mean, I that's well, just if you're how a rock he, star, you're pretty fortunate. Thing. Well, what are you saying, right. dude? That's that's how he talks. But I mean, if he says you know the last million years, that's kind of well, that is true. Yes, but wouldn't you say that's because <laughs> the argument would be a lot of women don't mind, but some women do. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> yes. Well, that's why, goes, again, that's why the unfortunately or fortunately thing is such a boneheaded thing dude. to say. Yeah, it is. That's See, yeah, I had to throw a flag on that one. It's like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, I know. It goes on. You consider yourself uh, to be a star. I think you can say that, yeah. And now you said before a couple of minutes ago that this was just locker room talk. It's locker room talk. And so does that mean that you didn't really mean it? No, it's locker room talk. I don't know. It's just the way people talk. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, is it? It's just so Trump, man. Talk. That's what it is. And then they brought up him saying about E. Jean Carroll, she wouldn't be my first choice, like not my type sort of thing. The lawyer is pretty famously a lesbian. And what Trump says did have people laughing, actually. When you said in that video that Ms. Leeds would not be your first choice, you were referring to her physical looks, correct? Just the overall. Not, I, I look at her. I see her. I hear what she says. Whatever. You wouldn't be a choice of mine either, to be honest with you. I hope you're not insulted. I would not, under any circumstances, have any interest in you. I'm, be, I'm honest when I say it. Uh, she, I would not have any interest in. Who are you? Okay. Oh my God. I look at you. I hear the way you talk. Right? Just being honest. <laughs> Just being honest. The overall. No interest. <laughs> well, they're not going to get him on perjury. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, who would perjure themselves with that? All right. Uh, nope. The Neely family out of New York uh, demands a call from Mayor Eric Adams. We will get to that and much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, what's the update on that story in New York? Oh, yeah, New York is still dealing with protests over the killing of Jordan Neely. Neely was a homeless man with a history of violence and was threatening people on a train last week. He died after a former Marine who happened to be on that train stepped in, intervened, and then put him in a headlock. Now that guy. Have these protesters heard that he had used gay slurs in the past? Uh, they had not. No. Oh. No. And for some reason, they're still, like, whining at the NYPD, which makes no sense because the cops had nothing to do with it. Oh, a lot of times. I didn't understand that one either. The protesters rarely make sense. Yeah. A lot of them are paid. A lot of them come from out of town, apparently, don't even know what happened. They're just there to raise hell. You go with the same chance, and it's against the police, and you're just, you know, raising your fist because of injustice. Well, the, the family of Jordan Neely has now come out of the woodwork and, of course, is demanding action. They want uh, the young Marine to be uh, charged with murder. Uh, and they're saying to the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, please give us a call. The family wants you to know that Jordan matters. I mean, not enough. Didn't matter enough for you to take care of him, but, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. The truth is this guy had, knew nothing about Jordan's history when he intentionally wrapped his arms around Jordan's neck and squeezed and kept squeezing. Uh, there's been no expression of regret. It's a character assassination and a clear example of why he believed he was entitled to take Jordan's life. He Usually must wouldn't go after a family in a grieving sort of time, but with that statement mm-hmm. about the retired Marine, 
Um, did you care enough about his life to keep him housed? Nope. Do you feel guilty for booting him? For not giving him a place to stay because he was homeless? No. No regrets there? Yeah. Doesn't seem to be any. Hmm. Wouldn't you say then you're part of the problem? Was he just uncontrollable? What's the deal? Why was he homeless? You're his family. And now you're making demands? Sorry, with all the things going on in the world and prayers to be sent out to different people, that's not at the top of my list right now. Give me a break. The guy had a... He just, what, recently clocked a 67-year-old woman to the point where it fractured part of her face and she has permanent brain damage. He was a threat to society. He was threatening people on the subway. The ex-Marine took care of it. He didn't mean to kill him. I do believe that 100%. No. But this just rings so hollow. Yeah. Just tired of that kind of crap. This is well, well, the guy is currently alive and needing help. You don't help. And when something like this happens, now everybody's there. And listen, man, there's part of me. I don't know the whole story. It's, it's quite possible, and I would say probable, that they couldn't give him a place to stay. Because you had heard different stories. He threatened the grandfather. You don't want Gramps getting beat up by this guy. He needed help. I mean, he needed to be put away a while ago. And then you hear all this stuff, society failed him, blah, 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 blah. Goodness gracious. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, if we have to pick one big story of the day so far, David, what is it? I I think probably the biggest story is uh, what is going to happen moving forward at the border. I mean, you've already got 18,000-plus known gotaways, plus another several tens of thousands of people who have come into contact with Border Patrol uh, on their way into the United States. And the Biden administration is just going to try to release some pressure by releasing a bunch of people from from custody. This is going to be a crap show. That's what they want. It's what they want. And we can get more into this. But they, I heard them, John, about we're doing everything we can. No, you're not. Not even close, because yeah. we have some ideas of what you could be doing. That much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the millennial. The sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. Yes. <laughs> real quick, talking about the border. I, I'm just going to say this real quick. You don't need to stay on it. It's driving me insane watching the coverage. Today's show, Good Morning America, and the clips from the White House, different people. We're doing everything we can right now. As far as the end of Title 42 and the surge at the border. It's... Okay. No, you're not. Maybe they are. Really? They just can't do anything. Yeah. You can't call the military down there uh, and stand along the border and say, you're not coming in? That's such a simplistic approach to a yeah. very complex problem, Jamie. It's yeah. just not that easy. No, you tell them no. Then don't tell me in. you're doing all you can do because you're not. You're not. You want it to happen. I mean, I've, I've said it. One of the simplest solutions right now is to we're ending the asylum program. We're going to end it temporarily. We're going to suspend it for 12 months uh, to deal with the current backlog, to, to try to make sure that the people who have legitimate asylum claims can stay and those who don't get deported or otherwise find another legal way of coming into this country. And you know what's going to happen? Because mm-hmm. 
from estimates, and it's being generous, there might be 3% yeah. of all that have come in who have legit asylum claims. Probably lower than that. But for the sake of argument, let's say it's 3%, right? You know what we're going to hear then after that? Well, you just can't round up 12 million people. Right. Yeah, but <laughs> you just can't do that. And they keep kicking the can down the road. It's been going on for decades. And again, because the elite, they they benefit from all this. They don't give a flip. They just get out there and say, yeah, we got to do something about this broken immigration problem. Cha-ching. Well, they're getting rich. Not good for the American worker. Gosh, dang it. I know we got to move on. It's so maddening it is. for so many people. I'm not the only one. Um, I did see this story. It's interesting. Uh, there's backlash against the $3 trillion clean energy push. This was in the Wall Street Journal. And, it, you know, it tells the story of different people that own land where, you know, you have wind farms come in and saying, hey, well, we're going to give you this amount of money for this, whatever. And some people say, no, not going to do that here. We don't want it for a number of different reasons. You know, it could be wildlife. It could be, well, you know what happens when you have, you know, the wind farms and you're close to it. It disturbs your sleep. You know about this phenomenon? Oh, yeah. Okay. All these different reasons. The humming sound. There's that. And then it... Yeah. And then you're disrupted during the daytime as well. Yes. It's like a health aspect to it. Right. And a number of other issues. I just thought it was really interesting to actually hear people's stories of why they don't want that, mm -hmm. you know, on their land. And they don't want to give up their land for that. And it's interesting because you certainly have people on the coasts that are all about the clean energy and wind farms. Mm -hmm. All that until they start talking about wind farms in their area. Whoa, right. oh, hold on a second. We're supposed to pipe that in from another state. Yeah. You know, well, those flyovers that we don't care about. Well, yeah, it's like spend a little bit of time in the middle of the country and you might understand this pushback a little bit more. And there's not, it's not universal pushback, but I remember at this, what was now more than 10 years ago when I was a news reporter in Missouri, rural Missouri. Mm -hmm. And there was this big push to put a transmission line that would bring wind energy from Kansas, I believe, yep. uh, up through to into Illinois and over into Chicago. And a lot of farmers were like, well, no, you can't just that, that's that's valuable acreage that you're talking about plowing through. I'm I, I'm not interested in, in giving this up. And then, of course, you have the heavy handed at that time uh, approach of the Obama administration, which was talking about things like eminent domain. And right. oh, and yeah. This. yeah. And these guys are like, well, wait a minute. Hold on a second. I don't even get to benefit from the uh, renewable energy that you're piping in to Chicago. Hold right. on a second. Yeah. So the story talks about there's battles being waged in so many different counties across the United States. And then depending on what state you're in state like illinois could say hey well your county rules can't supersede the illinois rules yeah oh hold on a second so yeah there's a fight going on all over it's Wait just till the really birds get organized yeah <laughs> well, what was it you were just talking about david oh yeah there? The, the the leader of uh or the co-founder i should say of greenpeace patrick mm -hmm. moore says that uh, there's just a wholesale slaughter of whales going on as they're putting wind farms in the Atlantic Ocean. And we've talked about this before. And some of this, what, what, what they're talking about, isn't necessarily just the, the windmills themselves. 
but it's the exploration. They, they put down depth charges and whatnot that completely freaks out the whales and yep. disrupts their normal migration patterns. So that's why they wind up washing up onto the shore or otherwise, you know, just dying in large numbers. 36 whales have washed up along the East Coast since December 1st. Yeah, we were watching the footage of this later yeah. yesterday afternoon. And, yeah, uh, yeah th- so this, uh, apparently Patrick Moore is speaking out uh, after four minke whale corpses were discovered between Thursday and Sunday in New York and New England. Um, and as the New York Post puts it, the four-day run of death began yes. off of Cape Cod on Thursday with a second whale found at York, Maine on Friday, the final corpse in Massachusetts on Sunday. What? Why are, you all, why are you both looking at me? Well, you're 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 a card carrying member of Greenpeace. Of Greenpeace, I haven't been a member of Greenpeace in like thirty years. You got the T-shirt. I had the T-shirt. I just ran across a picture of me in the T-shirt not too long ago. Had a lot more hair then. Yes, man. I, I've explained this on the air before. I was in rock radio. I, I had Rolling Stone magazine coming all the time, and I read this thing about they're killing all the whales and the dolphins and the tuna nets and give. I'm like, yeah, man. Guys from Soundgarden are in on it. I'm in on it. <laughs> We're freaking right. So, yeah, I was a Greenpeace guy for a little while. Yeah. Still got a coffee mug somewhere, I think. Well, do you still want to save the whales or not? In this case, yes, yeah, save okay. the whales. That's, That's an right. ongoing joke in my family because they make fun of that. Right. Right. Yeah, and I used to say, save the whales. Save the whales. But you got to understand, man, when you're like 23, 24 years old. Right. And you're wearing the shirt. Yes. And maybe a young lady asks about it. Well, so you care about the whales? As a matter of fact, I do. Very sensitive guy. Oh, yeah. If I could have a whale as a pet, I would. <laughs> I go to sleep over the sounds of whales. Did you know how intelligent dolphins are? How they communicate with one another? They're pretty smart, yeah. I heard that. Well, you and the, the way the males and the females they bond together. There's really something beautiful about it. Really? <laughs> yes. We'll say there is one guy on this show who has held a dolphin's that's right head in his hands. I did and stared into the eyes of, of the, the majestic dolphin. creature yes. before you hugged it and rode it. I did. Yeah. So you can't ever really make fun of me for any past. I don't have a T-shirt piece. though. I do have stuffed dolphin yeah you, you do have yeah. a stuffed dolphin yeah. yes yeah well again man if you don't know the story and we'll move on we got to get to other stuff but it was scott after his heart attacks and it's like his first back time back on the air and i mentioned a bucket list like yeah what what do you want to do yeah like anything that you'd really like to do you know before it's all said and done first thing he said we have the audio i would like to uh hug a dolphin <laughs> And David made my dream come true. I did, yeah. A couple uh, a year and a half ago or whatever. Yes. We went yeah. to SeaWorld in San Antonio, and you, you hugged a dolphin, and you yes, rode on that sucker. Did. Yeah. It was magical. I thought I was going to have another heart attack putting that wetsuit on. <laughs> <laughs> Ever put one of those things on? Holy smokes, Daddy-O. Yeah, when I swam with the dolphins, it was uh, the ocean out in the middle, the, yeah. like the Caribbean. It was... There was no scuba suits or anything else. It was just like a big ring. Just jump in. <laughs> Not a lot of regulations. There. No, I was just going to say. <laughs> yeah. A lot of fun, though. Right. Okay. Uh, David, you've talked about this story. 
and I cannot wait to hear the audio. Now, this is a woman that wrote a kid's book yeah. about dealing with grief yeah. after her husband died, which sounds sort of heartwarming in a way. It's certainly yeah. touching. But there's a twist to this story. Yeah, it was in uh, Camas, Utah. She wrote a children's book about coping with grief after her husband died last year. Now the cops have arrested her for murdering her husband. Whoa, whoa. So uh, Corey Richens is the woman's name. Her husband, Eric, died in his sleep in March of last year. The cops, well, they, they say after an extensive investigation, say that, well, she gave her husband a mixed drink that was laced with fentanyl, a Moscow mule, if you're interested in what, what drink that was. Wow. So apparently this started a few weeks before he died. She bought some hydrocodone from a friend claiming that a client of hers had a back injury. And so there was this really shady exchange where someone left the pills in a house that she was flipping. And then she left cash when she took the pills. Wow. In this empty, abandoned house. Uh, And uh, then two weeks later, she asked the friend for something stronger. And the quote from the police is some of the Michael Jackson stuff. And then explicitly asked for fentanyl. The friend came through. 900 bucks worth of fentanyl. Okay. Apparently that was like 15 to 20 pills or something like that. I don't remember what the exact number was now. Uh, now on Valentine's Day, she and her husband had a nice dinner, and uh, the husband got really sick. Apparently he had told a friend that he thought his wife was trying to poison him. After that, yeah, but who hasn't thought that? So presumably, she had tried to dose him with fentanyl uh, that night. He got really, really sick, yeah. and then for some reason, two weeks later, uh, you know, Corey brought the wife bought another batch of fentanyl, and that's what killed her husband. And it was like a few days later. There, uh, after she bought the second batch, uh, they're celebrating her closing on a house or uh, closing on a deal for a business, okay. and. He's in bed, and she brings him a Moscow mule, and he drinks it. There's fentanyl in it, and he dies, which I'm sort of sitting here saying, if I think my wife is poisoning me, I am not going to take a mixed drink in bed. I'm not eating the meatloaf either. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to do no, that. No, thank you. Not, not trying okay, to Okay, I don't know that there's here. any part of this story, but it's odd that it's like, hey, you ready for bed? Here's a drink. I mean, I'm thinking that's leading to something else, right? right? Oh, yeah, maybe, yeah. Really? Okay, I'll drink it. You know, thinking this is going to get funky here. (laughs) Men in there, yeah, I know. The the blood flow had been redirected from the brain. There you go. What you're saying, yes. Yeah. Uh, Well, now, this woman did an interview, actually, with ABC4, a Utah local news outlet. Mm -hmm. About a month ago, she did this interview because she had just released the book, and they're saying, hey, this is a sad story, but it's kind of uplifting that this woman is trying to break through with the grief. And credit to ABC4, le- they left the interview up because they said just out of transparency. But there is an editor's note now that says, oh, by the way, this crazy lady's been charged with murder. This okay. is crazy audio when she's talking about dealing with grief and writing the book with her kids. All right, roll it. It completely took us all by shock. Um, and we have three little boys, 10, 9, and 6. And, um, you know, we kind of, my kids and I kind of wrote this book on the different emotions and grieving processes that we've experienced last year. And it's kind of the three C's is how I visualize it. And it's, you know, um, connection, continuity, and care. And Corey, do you mention at dinner, here's dad, or dad would like this meal, or dad would, let's bring dad on a bike ride. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's just... 
comforting to them to know mm -hmm. that you know they're not living this life alone like mm -hmm. dad is still here it's just in a different way mm -hmm. and it's only okay. been a year how did you process and say you th go from processing death to I need to write a book and help others you know, I just watched the struggle that my kids were going through. And I actually, you know, I went on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and trying to find something that we could use to cope at nights. Nights are the hardest, it seems like, for everybody when, you know, dealing with anything. But I just wanted some story to read to my kids at night. Holy smokes. I, I, I wasn't grieving. I, I planned it. But my kids, they were sad. <laughs> yeah, so I figured out how I'll help them. Oh, wow. Man. That is wild. Wow. When mom kills dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, that probably will sell more, actually. Right. Just the story edition. about what happened, <laughs> yeah. what really it's, happened here. It's First edition dark, signed. It's a dark twist on Hop on Pop. Oh, man. Have another drink. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's going to be a movie at some point in time. Um, boy, Joe Biden's back in the news and not in a way he wants that and much more coming up right here. All right, then. The Marcy Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Marcy, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Happen to see this at Daily Wire. Remember Tara Reid? Anybody? Oh, yeah. Not, not the actress. The, the woman who says that she was sexually assaulted by Joe Biden. Correct. Did you see what she put on social media within the last week? Oh, yeah. If she ends up dead, she didn't kill herself. Yes. If yeah. something happens to me, all roads will lead to Joe Biden. That was pretty cryptic, wasn't it? Huh? Well, Hunter Biden might be indicted this yeah. week. I mean, you have that going on. There's a lot of different things mm -hmm. going on around the Bidens right now. But she put out there, I want to make something clear. If something happens to me, all roads lead to Joe Biden. Joe Biden and the DNC political machine threats, bullying and intimidation over the last three years will not work. I am not suicidal. I should not be under investigation, nor am I a foreign agent. I am a private citizen. I was a former staffer of Joe Biden's that has chose to step forward to tell the truth. The tactics using intimidation and bullying to silence me and suppress me using the Department of Justice and the FBI and social media will not work. Leave me alone. I will testify under oath in Congress if asked to do so and tell what happened and what I know. The Biden corruption must end. And then she says, thank you to Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates for inviting me to testify and caring about the truth. Hmm. What does all that mean? Is she under investigation as like a foreign spy right now? I don't know. I don't know if because she has been talking about appearing to testify and this would be from Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates bringing her in, that someone gets word of it, and then the threats start coming. Mm. I don't know. Joe, Bill Clinton on line one. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it used to be you'd sort of take this with a grain of salt, but after the Twitter files and seeing how intimidation happens from the Department of Justice and the FBI, you're not quite sure about what's really going on. There are, there are a lot of people that could go down if indictments fall and it goes into the Biden family business. And then you got people turning on one another. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. buckle in. This is the Mark Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Mm -hmm.
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Don't. Okay, the real pronunciation is what? Well, hold on a second. The best part. I think I pronounced it correctly. <laughs> no. I think, I think I got if it. If you think that, you need to resign today. Yeah, I think I got it right. Yeah, the, the, it's Joan uh, Shigekawa. Joan Shigekawa. Yeah. Again? Joan, Shingang, Shingang, Koawa. I think I pronounced it correctly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> not the first time with her either, right? No, it's not. Yeah, I did it before like two he's, months he's ago. He's run through this before. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <Put it> up <laughs> then. Yeah. Well, I think when he tried it before, he had like an assistant yeah. to no, help him along no, the way. No, that, I, the it, contribution of <laughs> Joan, she, Joan, she, 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 Shigakawa. Thank you. Uh -huh. That wasn't an assistant. That was her. Oh, golly. She's I there. Like, I didn't see the video. Like 10 feet away from him. <laughs> Shigakawa, sir. I like that laugh before it, too, where he's like, I'm never getting this one. <laughs> you saw the day that he had the press conference? Yeah. Who to call on? Yeah. The names, and it wasn't just the names, it was how to pronounce the names. <laughs> Not only the names and how to pronounce them, but also the picture. Yes. But still. <laughs> yeah, girl. It'd be different if it was kind of in the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. That's not even in the neighborhood. Yeah, Shiga, what? If, if, if it's like Shikikawa or something like that. Right. And you you just, give him a pass on like, that, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a Japanese name, and, and it doesn't always roll off the tongue for no. an English speaker, and people can understand that. Close enough for jazz, right? But, but that's... He's like, Shang... When I like the way the White House, too, when they're questioning about Joe... You know, is he, does he, fit? how dare you? Yeah. Young people can't keep up with him. No. Yeah, he's so alert and fit and mentally, physically. Dude, how could you even ask? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Golly. Yeah, we're doing gone. everything we can at the border. Everything. Gone. Except having the military go there and say, you can't come in. Well, you can't do that. That's inhumane. It's so frustrating. Uh, Joy Reid yeah. in the news because she's mad at CNN. Why? Yeah, well, Donald Trump is doing a town hall with CNN tomorrow night. Liberals are mad about it, of course, although he put out on Truth Social uh, today advertising it, saying, hey, could be a new beginning, could be a disaster for everyone, including me. <laughs> Watch and find out <laughs> tomorrow, 8 o'clock Eastern. <laughs> yes, that's so true. Yeah. Uh, liberals are mad about this, though, because they're giving a dangerous man a platform. Uh, here's MSNBC's Joy Reid with former conservative commentator turned communist apologist Charlie Sykes. 
Okay. Give me a chance. Here we go. It's it, it feels to me like this is a pretty open attempt by CNN to push itself to the right and make itself attractive and show its belly to MAGA and to conservatives hoping that they will tune in. That's what it feels like to me. What does it seem to you? Well, it feels like horrifically bad judgment to me. Um, let's be clear about this. Um, this is not journalism. This is entertainment. In journalism, you actually will control um, with the, the questions and the answers, um, and, and, and you will have some sort of a filter for misinformation. He was two knuckleheads lecturing us about journalism. Okay. Yeah. All right. On, on MSNBC, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, he he yes he's a former president who is and running for president currently still the republican front runner i'm sorry he to, makes news yeah I'm, I'm sorry if that gives you the sads here and i love the the programming expertise of joy reed this feels like an attempt to get ratings well yeah have you seen what cnn is doing right now right of course well not only that trump is good for ratings not just for maga he was good for ratings for CNN and MSNBC when he was in office. You need him. That helps you. Wow. They need anything other than what they have. An animated Popeye would help. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to be fascinating. I, I'll, I'll watch it. The town hall and thing. I never watch them. So, yeah. Well, that is true. Yeah. What well, Man... I know we've talked about it several times about what's going on at Fox and the prime time and the ratings. Holy smoke. I mean, man. I can only speak for myself, but my viewership of that network has dropped a hundred percent. And let me guess, it wasn't something that you consciously did. No. As like I am boycotting. No, it wasn't that no, not nothing like that. I just feel no need to watch. I'm with you. I mean it's 100%. a weird feeling because I, I used to watch Gutfeld a lot, and I'll, I, I guess Gutfeld's ratings are still good. They still suffered. But but, but not as bad like, as Hannity's just, and Ingram's, and I'm certainly that's... That, out of the habit now, you know? I mean, Tucker slot, man. Yeah. I mean, more than half of the people are gone. Yeah, they're just gone. They're getting beat by MSNBC. Yeah. It used to be in that slot. You'd take NBC, CNN, combine them. But not, not beating no Fox. It's going to be fascinating to see how all that shakes out. And this week, I think they were trying to do something different by putting Kaylee McEnany in there. I don't think it's going to help, to be yeah, honest. Good luck with that. I mean, maybe, what, a little? I, it's not going to solve the maybe problem. Maybe if you bring her in and Dylan Mulvaney. <laughs> oh, good night. Let's just stack one bad decision on top of another. I'll say again, you bring in Dylan Mulvaney, at least you save on having to change all of the placards from Tucker Carlson. <laughs> just say Tucker. <laughs> I'm going to move on to the Washington Post uh, story. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Uh, I just kind of just now got that, by the way. Did you like the visual on it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> speaking of Dylan Mulvaney. And you brought this up, David, in the Washington Post, talking about uh, how they use the word or the words anti-trans. Yeah. What exactly is anti-trans? Well, for them, uh, the the article that I brought up yesterday was about polling that shows that a solid majority of Americans, Republicans, Democrats and independents actually still do have some common sense and say overwhelmingly, you know what? We're not really good with sex change operations for kids. For little kids. Right. 
uh, you know, and not even just little kids. You're talking about teenagers, 13 to 15. It was like, what, 68% said, no, we shouldn't do that. And even up to 17, it was like 58%, a solid majority, still saying, no, that's crazy. And the Washington Post framed their own poll as most Americans support anti-trans legislation. Yes. So many people wrote about that, including the Wall Street Journal. James Freeman saying Florida parents aren't the only ones who don't want a government employee talking to their eight-year-olds about sex. Mm. How is that hard to understand? Said you'd never know it much from national media coverage, but this issue has great resonance far beyond Florida. Talks about the Stockton University poll, which you were just talking about, David. Confirmed by when you just talk to people. Yeah, two-thirds of New Jersey parents want more say over what their kids are being taught in school. And for the left, they're like, why? Trust the schools. What? No. Parents found out what you're teaching. Mm -hmm. Says parents in many school districts have sprung into action in response to state orders to start instructing grade school students in such politically divisive and personal issues as sexual identity and gender diversity. And yeah, it talks about how a few months into the pandemic, the administration of the governor of Jersey, Governor Phil Murphy, quietly ordered schools to instruct kindergarten through senior students in chosen views about gender and sexual orientation. Yeah. So it goes into some of the other polling. I don't think you quoted this one, David. On the topic of gender identity and sexuality, only 12% said it should be introduced in elementary grades K through Mm 4. That's, as they mentioned, in this blue northeast state. And an overwhelming majority say they don't want the subject to introduce before middle school. And a full 21% said their preference is never. You don't need to teach it in school. So, yes. And then they get into the Washington Post calling it anti-trans. And the whole thing is, and they mention this, which is so true, one can show respect and compassion to all people while rejecting what's being taught in school. Or some sort of ideology. It doesn't mean you're a hater. You don't think that's good for kids. It's not necessary. And why is that something that so many on the left are willing to fight so hard for? To me, it's a tell. Yeah. So, interesting piece. Um, On a lighter note, 82% of us have snooped through someone's phone before. (laughs) Jeez. What? No, I, I, that makes you nervous, doesn't well, it? Well, no, I mean, you've, you've got a uh, a code on your phone, though. Right. Yeah. So but how, sometimes you may leave the room. Oh, and not have it still popped up on there. Okay. Yes. I see. Might be that sort of thing. Yeah. Yes. And so why would people do that? Um, well, people do snoop on their significant others. Yeah, they do. What are you looking for? Text messages. Photos, videos, browser history. Mm-hmm. Those are the tops. Mm. You ever done it, snoop through somebody's phone? No. David? No. I, my wife and I share the uh, passcode with each other, so we have access to the phones. A lot of that really kicked off just because of uh, having kids. So if oh, my yeah. phone's not near me, she's like, get a picture, get a picture. What's your code? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I know. A lot of people that do that just you know each other's code 
It's not like you have anything to hide. If anyway, if but some people do. If you're in a dating situation, would you rather give them the code to your phone or the code to your ATM account? Neither. Okay, I'm just asking. What part of dating are you talking about? No, I'm just saying you've been involved with somebody for a long time, and would you give up? I reminded the old Seinfeld episode where George wouldn't give up the code to his passcode to his oh, yeah. ATM card. What? To his fiance. Oh, it was the fiance. Yeah. It depends on who you are, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other part of that was the most concerning things people have found when they were asked in the survey. Flirtatious texts. Proof of cheating. And evidence they've been lying in general. Yeah. Those were the toppers. Yeah. And when people snoop, they usually get away with it. 81% of snoopers say they've never been caught. Mm -hmm. That they know of. <laughs> You're right. Maybe exactly. some counter espionage going on, too. You never know. Why? It's just like the government, isn't it? Yep. It's the NSA in your relationship. Oh, Sleeping buddy. with the enemy. Okay. Much more to get to. Um, wow. What people were trying to put into Florida textbooks. Have you heard this story? That and much more coming up right here. The Mark McVean, Cam, and Robin Show. All right. Jamie Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Who's excited about tomorrow? Who's afraid of a big letdown? I'm afraid of a big, huge letdown. Well, yeah, about actually. Hunter Biden stuff that supposedly is coming. Yeah. 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 I think it's beyond Hunter. That's yeah. That's what's being talked about I mean, online. I hope I'm, and... I'm, hope I'm surprised, but I don't know. Man. I'm don't managing know expectations. It, it, yeah, yeah, you're right, David. I'm kind of with you on that one. Okay, if you're like, oh, what are you even talking about? A lot of people are reporting this and saw it. What was it? PJ Media, the hot air. James Comer, chair of the House Oversight Committee, preparing to drop a major bombshell about Joe Biden. It says, in fact, he's so convinced that this evidence is consequential that he's also spoken to the Department of Justice, advising them not to indict Hunter Biden until the committee's forthcoming announcement. Oh, well. According to Comer, committee members have been meticulously studying bank records and consulting with former associates and whistleblowers, and this bombshell evidence will be released tomorrow. Comer said on Sunday, my message to the Department of Justice is very loud and clear. Do not indict Hunter Biden before Wednesday. And Comer made specific reference to the web of LLCs that the Biden family set up over the past dozen years or so. All these companies that exist on paper and have bank accounts, but they appear to have not engaged in any form of business. What? Yeah. yeah. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. We don't know the thing. What is that? Mm -hmm. Say they reportedly existed only to funnel money into and then distribute it in smaller laundered payments to as many as a dozen members of the Biden family. And where did that money come from? China. Then Russia and Ukraine, along with several other Eastern European nations. Wow. Okay. So there's supposed to be a joint press conference. Be Comer and Chuck Grassley tomorrow. Hmm. As it says, Comer on the Oversight Committee. Grassley sits on the Judicial Committee. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I'm admitting it. My hopes are up. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Mine are I, too, but I you just... can tell yourself, don't let your hopes get up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But there's something in you that gets your hopes up. I Well, my hopes could not be higher because my hopes are very, very, very low. So my ceiling is at like a two in terms of what I'm expecting. 
I understand. But man, they can't. How, how many times can you build something like that up only to deliver a nothing burger? When's the last time that happened with Comer? I don't remember. I don't think it's happened yet, has okay, it? Okay, that's I'm, I. I don't recall a time when it has. No. Yeah. I'm just waiting for Rudy Giuliani to come smashing through like the Kool-Aid guy. <laughs> well, die running dude, down his head. When the whole know? Kraken lady was saying yeah. oh, we're going to unleash the beast and all of that, we yeah. already kind of knew she didn't have the goods. You know. I think this is different. I could be wrong. But coming from the David Van Camp school where nothing's going to happen. I know. Yeah, nothing's going to happen. It's okay. No. Well, it could make history. No one not, not done it. The history books will note it. We'll see. Okay, what is the deal in the Florida textbooks, David? Oh, man. So uh, we keep hearing about Republicans banning books and whatnot, uh-huh. harming children. And because Republicans are finally standing up to the Marxist nonsense people have been putting into textbooks for years. Uh, so the Florida Department of Education re- rejected initially like 35% of submitted textbooks, then approved some of them after some changes. Lydia Nussbaum with Florida's Voice News reported on some of the changes. In one example, the textbook tells children that socialist economies, quote, make things nice and even without unnecessary waste. Oh my These gosh. societies may promote greater equality among people. Oh, my when would they ban that? <laughs> <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Okay, biggest story of the day. And I got to say, man, before you even get to that, I can't wait to get to the story where I just heard you before we came back on before say, I'm sick of these commies in our government. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, we got, we got more of this nonsense happening at the okay. federal level. So we'll be getting to that. Uh, I think really the biggest story is all eyes on the southern border right now as we've already seen a huge surge of people coming in, and that's even before Title 42 uh, is allowed to expire. Uh, this is this is really bad, and it, I feel like a broken record because it's been really bad for more than two years now. Yeah. But, man. And all by design. All right, so we'll get to that. And then Scott Robbins, top three of the day, the trifecta, all on the way right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. For the trifecta news update, David Van Camp. Well, I do I do like uh, hearing people say that there's a manufactured crisis at the border right now, that Republicans are making it up and all of that. It's like, well, I don't know, man. There are, there are even Democrats in the city of El Paso who have been jumping up and down saying, what's the plan, guys, for a couple of years mm-hmm. at this point? So, yeah, I don't know how you can really say that uh, it's a manufactured crisis. I mean, I guess technically it is a manufactured crisis in that it was manufactured on purpose by the Biden administration. Yes. There's no other explanation for it. They got what they wanted. And, I mean, they could stop this at any time. They won't do it. It just is what it is. Yep. Is that what you were referring to with the get these commies out of my government? Oh, no. There's another thing. So we, oh. we keep hearing about how, oh, the debt limit, debt ceiling negotiations. America could default on its on its obligations mm-hmm. uh, come June 8th. That would be the deadline. You know what? The Treasury Department, which is very worried about this potentially happening, you know what they got scheduled for June 8th? What's that? They're hosting the quarter three meeting of the Treasury Advisory Committee on Racial Equity. 
<laughs> they will be talking about matters relating to the advancement of racial equity. This notification, blah, blah, blah. They go on with, with that's going to be happening on the day that America will default on its debt. Oh, no. I, I would think that it would be kind of all hands on deck, right? You it's, would think. It's almost as if this is just some dog and pony show that everybody puts on periodically uh, in order to win some political points and not actually looking out for America's future, financially or otherwise. We've gone over this a hundred times. I mean, and people that follow it and have common sense understand in so many of these places where being a, quote, person of color, where you're really disadvantaged, who's been in charge in those places, not for a few years, we're talking decades. Yeah, it's the left. It's Democrats. And then, oh, we just we just keep preaching the same thing to people. Then they keep voting for them. And the situation gets worse and worse and worse as time goes on. And you're able to blame the right for it. Oh, it's the Republicans. Uh, you've been in charge forever. What have you done? And we talked about this a hundred times, too. It was all supposed to end with Obama. It got worse. So that's the way it's designed. I read something. It was yesterday. You were talking about the uh, the people leaving blue states in droves. Yeah. And there was over 100,000, I believe, in Illinois in a year. Mm-hmm. 100,000 people gone. And they said a lot of the people are the big earners. Mm-hmm. They can afford to move, and they're moving, and they're taking their tax dollars with them. Well, yeah. Yeah. Especially in the Chicago area. Yeah. It's they're, pretty well they're documented. They're just leaving. So that's that's why... With a lot of these elections, you keep getting like-minded people winning. Yes. Because the people who could vote them out choose to get out before it even happens. Yes. And uh, there was a couple of cities I cited just that, that do this, this rinse-repeat thing over and over again. Well, and, man, honestly, we don't have to go off on a total tangent, but I can sit here and say for three recovering liberals, a lot of people in their 20s, depending, sometimes in your 30s, whatever— you haven't been on this merry-go-round before. So, right. so many things are fresh, and you hear, man, we need to help people, okay? It shouldn't be this way. And you look at kids in the inner city, and you have a heart for people. You're like, yes, let's do things to help people. You go through the entire cycle, and you come out of it going, wait a second. The people that are claiming to want to help the most are hurting the most. Yeah. And then you come to that conclusion saying you should go about this a different way. And you know what they scream? Racist! I heard some idiot Democrat, it was a couple of weeks ago, say something about this is not your your dad's Republican Party, your grandpa's Republican Party. Joe Biden says that all the time. And I'm like, hey, man, this isn't my dad's Democrat Party either. Oh, my goodness. It's not even close. No. Not even close. No. And then you have people in charge. (laughs) It, we could go on and on and on. And I think of Janet Yellen. Well, I didn't quite understand inflation <laughs> the whole thing at the time. Look, I, I think I was wrong yes. then about um, the path that inflation um, would take. But, but trust me now because I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And the elite get more money. Elite Yeah. Is that a word? That's nice. It is nice. Oh, you know what, dude? There was one other story we had to get to for the trifecta. What is this oh, yeah. story about a 
false rape allegations. Oh, man, this is just a, a disgusting and angering story here. Okay. Uh, there was a standout NFL prospect. He had played with San Diego State University. He was a punter. Uh, Matt Areza, uh was signed to the Buffalo Bills, and he got cut because of a civil lawsuit alleging that he took part in a gang rape of a woman when he was still in college. Um, and there were graphic allegations there. Even though prosecutors had never, they, they said there is no case to prosecute here, okay. the civil litigation was uh, graphic enough that the Buffalo Bills said, ah, I think it's best if we just part ways here. Got they it. completely manned down. And now uh, there's this big report out about how it was false and how this girl who was 17 showed up at this party and alleged that she was gang raped at a time when he was not there. He wasn't in the house. Oh, wow. Uh, and there's video evidence that shows he's leaving the house. There's also multiple witness statements that said that she was actively pursuing different men at the party. She did have relations with multiple men oh, that boy. night. There's video evidence that, according to prosecutors and everybody who's looked into this, was consensual. So in okay. this case, you have a situation where somebody goes out, has a wild night. I don't know if the video gets put online somewhere, she's embarrassed, and then completely torches a guy's life. Oh, my God. And in this post-Me Too era that we live right. in, of course, it just completely it derailed his career. It's well, disgusting. too, man. It, for the Bills, if the guy's an outstanding quarterback, yeah. cornerback, it's well, he's a punter. Do we want all the controversy right. over the punter? Probably not. Yeah, sorry, cut. Oh, that sucks, man. By the way, Scott, you going to make it your right over there? Well, I've had this stupid cold for a while. <laughs> it manifests itself at the inopportune times occasionally. Okay. But I'm a trooper. I'm fighting through it. Just making sure. Man, you can take some time if you want it. If you want to okay. skip the trifecta today. No, 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 no. I mean, I think most people say, hey, man, you got to play. I mean, well, you got to play. That's why I'm here. Are you ready man. or not? Let's do this. Come on. Are you ready? One, two, look at my shoe. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day, always helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Yeah, of course. Um, I think Casey's, of course, ready. I'm ready. Yes. Uh, three. Number three. Well, after partnering with transgender influencer, that weird little guy who says he's a girl, Dylan Mulvaney, Bud Light has been, well, taking quite a dip in sales numbers. And now, well, yeah. we've got a month's worth of numbers. Yep. Uh, in the, the April numbers are in. Mm -hmm. According to Beer Business Daily. Anheuser-Busch volumes were down 12% last month, led by Dylan Mulvaney poster boy Bud Light down a staggering 21.4%. That's a big old piece of pie right there, baby. Hmm. Uh, it was a massacre in favor of the folks over at Molson Coors. Iceberg straight ahead, guys. Molson Coors was up 7%, with both Miller Light and Coors Light were in double digits. Yeah. So people have switched. Well, it's again, you're walking through the beer aisle, and it's not out of anger necessarily. But if you're like, you know what, man, Miller Lite, Bud Light, pretty much the same. 
Uh, I'm just going with Miller right now. It's also a joke to hand a guy a Bud Light right now. I've been asked before by people, why do you guys care so much? So what? I don't care. I don't drink anymore. I don't drink anymore either. Well, I, I, I care. I just not... like to point out the, the idiocy involved in marketing. Yeah, not, not, not because of anything else, but this lunacy has invaded every single part of American life right now where we are told it is essential to have kindergarten teachers talking to yes. kids about trans stuff and all of it. And there are so many people who now just want to be left alone. And you think, okay, well, my beer company, right, my preferred brand or whatever isn't going to take part in this nonsense. That maybe could be a haven away from all of this stuff that we get inundated with day in and day out. And nope, nope, they they couldn't they couldn't stay away from it. So you oh, know what? Pandered. Why I care is because at some point somebody does have to take a stand against this nonsense. You know, okay. I haven't sometimes you think really through a take before you just go with it mm -hmm. and I haven't. But that's not gonna stop me. So tell me if this is stupid. Sometimes you will talk about, say, if you're a single person, someone you find attractive, right? And it might be because of their attitude or the way they talk, and you're like, wow, that's, that's not attractive at all. Now, I'm completely turned off by this. The attractiveness is gone. Yeah, you're that's right. The way I look at the no, Bud Light No, thing. you're right. Yeah. It's like, you know what? I used to feel okay about that. I don't feel good about it anymore. I'm just done. And, yes, to, I think, InBev's point, that owns Anheuser-Busch, well, they'll probably choose one of our other products because that could be Corona, could be yeah. a, a lot of other different things. It could be. But I think that's certainly part of it. Just like, well, I have choices, and now I'm going to make mine. It's not that. Yeah, the old adage is what? Choices have voices. Oh. There you go. Yes. We're getting closer I've and closer to number one. I've chanted that outside before holding a sign. The Scott Robbins trifecta, uh -huh. top three of the day. Two. Yes. Number two, postal carrier robberies are up significantly. This oh. is crazy. Uh, the, I, I hadn't even thought about this. The National Association of Letter Carriers outraged, angered by the assaults, armed robberies, and even murders oh. that America's letter carriers increasingly face as they deliver the mail. These attacks are completely unacceptable, they said. Robberies of postal carriers went up 78% last year. That's according to data provided by the U.S. Postal Inspection Service. Over the last decade, crimes against USPS workers have quadrupled, and weapons increasingly are being used by the perps. Lowell, Massachusetts, a postal carrier was slashed with a machete December of 2022. Milwaukee letter carrier, 18-year veteran, by the way, shot while on duty. Wow. Things are getting so dicey in one area, in a very tony area of Santa Monica, they won't deliver mail there anymore. They drop it off. It's in like a mailbox. you got to go get it. Like the old days. I did not realize that was that big of a problem. Apparently, that happens a lot on uh, when checks are being delivered. The first of the month stuff uh, comes from the government. I've had yeah. uh, in my neighborhood uh, a few times the, the like community mailboxes. You know, it's all like, you know, everybody. Yes. Mailboxes. Yes. And right. Somebody takes a crowbar to it, pops it open multiple times. It sucks, man. Wow. Something I don't know if I've ever told you guys before. I took a test to be a postman when I was 18. Oh, yeah. I'm not surprised. Well, I didn't know. I would have been diagnosed with ADD at the time. That was a bombzo.
That did not go well. I could see <laughs> I remember. I think I passed, but you're, you got to finish like a 90% or higher. See those uh, legs of yours in the white and the uh, gray wool shorts walking around whistling while carrying your mail pouch. I didn't get it, okay? Back off. We're getting closer and closer to yes, number one. Yes, we are, one. Casey. The Scott Robbins yeah. trifecta up to number one. Checking in on San Francisco, Target store there is seeing uh, at least 10 thefts per day. That's yeah. all? It doesn't seem like a lot, but it certainly adds up. Yeah. Uh, T-Mobile, by the way, the latest retailer to close the flagship store in San Francisco in the same area as this Target store that we're going to talk about here. There's about 10 thefts a day, said one Target worker. And he said, uh, look, every 10 minutes you see it. Another worker who also did not wish to be named said, hey, look in some corner of the store. You'll see people shoveling stuff in their bags, food, cosmetics, whatever they can grab. Another person said it was lipstick, nail polish. He said anything that's not locked behind plastic. Well, it's free. They don't regularly prosecute. stolen. People will steal like the like the candy bars. Yeah, eat them right there in the store. Yeah, you know why? La la la! I'm eating my candy bar. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? Right. Nothing. Don't prosecute. It's like it's free. So Target says we've got some decisions coming up here. Not that we want to close. We have to close. We're not making this as crazy. Well, at first, they were putting some of the products behind, you know, Well, glass. some of them are still behind but glass. But then you get people saying, well, that's racist. Right. <laughs> and when they what? say, hey, can you come over here and unlock this for They lock it. They grab stuff out of it and just, that's it. <laughs> what is going on, man? And there you have it. Scott Robbins trifecta. Yes. All right. News update. Nimrods of the news. Straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Man, never enough time. All right, quick news update and then the Nimrods. Well, what do you got, David? News update. The jury reaches verdict in E. Jean Carroll's civil suit against former President Donald Trump. Verdict is expected to be read in just a few minutes. Okay. They scheduled it for 3 o'clock Eastern. So. Okay. I think it, it'll be appealed if they find him guilty. That'll It'll be appealed quick because a lot of people didn't feel like he was going to get a fair trial there in New York. But we'll see what happens. Well, generally speaking, the jury comes back quickly. It doesn't portend very well for Donald Trump. We shall see. All right. Nimrod, roll it out. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Ian. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's in the news. See if you've heard one like this before. This is something, man. Uh, 67-year-old exterminator in Pennsylvania facing charges. Why? Well, first of all, this happened in the town of Hastings. It's about 90 miles east of Pittsburgh. Owner of an apartment complex hired him to come in and spray pesticide in the units. One of the tenants found a spider a few days later, so they checked the footage from their security camera to make sure he actually sprayed pesticide, right? Yeah. Instead, they saw him spraying something else. He was whizzing in several different spots around oh, their living room. Oh, come on, man. On the rug, their couch, a side table, on their daughter's toy box. And he's the owner. When cops ask, why'd you do that? He's like, I was having a bad day. I'm just sick of people. Oh, well, yeah. He's facing charges for criminal mischief and disorderly conduct. And... <laughs> Nimrods in the news. Yeah, the bugs are dead. 